Hey everyone, you're listening to InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. We're chatting about how to get the most out of life and covering a ton of interesting topics. So there's sure to be something for just about everyone. Let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy and in this episode we're going to be talking about what the heck is a metaverse anyway. What is the metaverse? Why don't you tell us? (laughs) What is it? I'm going to spend 30 minutes doing just that. What is the metaverse? I mean do we need another verse? Do we need another? We've got the universe. Isn't that enough? Lover of music just asked, do we need another verse? Yes, exactly. As long as we can remember the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. One of the reasons I wanted to do an episode on this is because I really couldn't get my mind around what a metaverse was. I hear it all the time now. Well, Facebook, who owns Facebook and Instagram, have changed their name to Meta. So you'll see that when you open up the app. And... I guess they really see themselves as pioneers in terms of paving the way to to bringing metaverse to uh, everyone's reality. And I realized I just didn't really know that much about it and wanted to read about it, wanted to share that with our listeners. So that's where the idea for this episode came I've spent a little bit of time in the metaverse, honey. It probably comes of no surprise to you. No, that actually does not surprise me. But uh, I used one of those Oculus uh, headsets and... um, it's pretty disorienting to be in the metaverse because I, I can remember feeling sick. I can remember feeling like nauseous just because it's so real. It's now, was so, it is that the metaverse though, or is that more just virtual reality? Well, there's yeah, it, you're right. It is virtual reality, but it was virtual virtual reality that existed within the metaverse. So, like you go, like if you. I guess you've never been to the metaverse. It's a, it's an it's an amazing place, but it's like very very strange. <laughs> I don't even have headphones on while we record the podcast. That's how far behind the times I am. I know we have to get on that. Actually, I am now to get recording proper... completely blind. I, I just trust Jeff and his hearing abilities to let us know that we are on track. So he is all about the sound quality these it's, days. It's it's something else, seriously, because you know you can do so many things. You can buy things. You can. Uh, you can make yourself look and appear however you wish. You know, it's it's a whole wild west of technology, it seems now. Well, there we go. Jeff just summed it up. So I guess we're good for this episode. See you uh, later. <laughs> no, no. There's more to be said about it, but I think that is actually a good lead into what the metaverse is all about. And I normally do a quote for the beginning of the episode that inspires the episode I actually don't have one ready, uh, but I'm going to bet you listeners that there is an Orwellian quote from 1984 that will fit perfectly with the whole concept of metaverse. So I'm going to look for that and I'm going to make sure that I post it when I promote this episode. So stay tuned and we'll see what George Orwell had to say about it. I'm I sure bet he George predicted Orwell it. Yeah, predicted uh, this monstrosity of uh, the metaverse. So really, when we talk about metaverses, they are basically the the first ever digital reality. And as Jeff mentioned, you can play, shop, learn, work with your friends, and even hang out with people. So I did a little bit of research on a few different websites. I'll mention .audiences.com. So it's dot spelled out D-O-T, audiences.com. And they talk about the metaverse market uh, being, it's set to be worth $800 billion 
by 2024. That's billion, 800 wow. billion. And Google, Apple, uh, Meta, which is, of course, Facebook, Microsoft, they're all investing in it. So it goes to show that it, it is something we need to be paying attention to because it is something that will become our reality in the not so distant future. Yeah, it'll be it'll eventually become, you know, very commonplace. Everybody will have these headsets and you'll be able to, you know, just I, I don't understand why people even really need to go to the metaverse because we've got our own universe here that's difficult enough to navigate. Why would you want to navigate an entire artificial universe? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me, really. Although maybe I'm just like the old man, you know, yelling at the kids Why on his lawn. Why do we need this worldwide but... <laughs> web that we've got here? Yeah, See, Charlie, even Charlie's ornery and doesn't yeah. understand. It's like my buddy Rod always says, the internet? I can't believe that thing's still around. <laughs> <laughs> so when you are interacting in the metaverse, you do create digital avatars to enter in. And basically, that's uh, who you are within the metaverse, you can kind of be your your own your Mm -hmm. own self. And many people do refer to the metaverse as a fancier successor to the internet. One thing that I didn't realize was that there are what's called web one, web two, and web three. I didn't if I, know that If I either. tell you that, does that blow your mind? Yes. Uh, uh, there's also a dark web. Ah. <laughs> yes, I'm aware, of the, light web. I'm, I'm aware of the dark web. Here's a random tip for you. If, uh, if you're not already, you should sign up for something probably through your bank to make sure it's legit. But there are different monitoring systems that can monitor for your information being traded on the dark web. So whether it be your information related to your identity, banking information, there are different companies that basically specialize in tracking what is being right. bought and sold in terms of your identity. So That's um, helpful. Helpful to know those yeah, things. Yeah, that dark web's a dark place. So I would recommend that you look at one that's affiliated through your bank because you do need to provide a significant amount of detail for that monitoring to take place. But if you're not already set up, something to look at and help, Absolutely. Pr- you know, help protect yourself against fraud. I take it we're set up. Back to the web one. <laughs> We're so I got us covered. Oh yeah. Back to the web one, two, three. So web one is basically what we know as the original internet. And so when the internet started, it was really read only. Yeah. So you remember you would sort of HTML, look for and you would, is that what that means? Like, well, no, it would just it meant that the content you would look it up and you would read it. Okay, yeah. Then we moved on to web two, which was more user generated. So that was ushered in by social media all of a sudden we started creating a lot of user-generated content, things on Reddit, Twitter, YouTube. We started really populating the internet with information and it just became, yes, less read-only and more more read-write in terms of uh, format. So that was Web 2.0. We're the last generation that would know what it was like before the internet, before the internet existed. That's depressing. I can remember that. That's... I can remember when... I discovered a computer for the first time. It's nuts. Anyway. That is, well, you know what else is depressing? I remember we were talking about this, uh, I was talking about this with some colleagues, about our parents saying that there are some appliances and things that they buy that they just don't even bother getting the warranties on them. So when the salespeople are like, you should get a warranty on this for like 25 years, their parents are just like, uh, it'll outlive me. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm like that's a little depressing. But they certainly don't make things it shuts like down they the, used to. Shuts down the sales pitch pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So Web 
2.1, first internet that we knew, it was read-only, Web 2 uh, was that read-write version. And then Web 3 is the alleged next significant evolutionary leap forward. And there's a few different opinions on what it'll look like, but uh, and it hasn't fully been defined, but the main notion is that it would be decentralized and some ex- to some extent, it would be connected to the metaverse. So the initial concept of Web3 was actually coined by the father of the internet. Do you know who the father of the internet is, Jeff? I it's don't not think Father Christmas or Father Time. I don't think I do. It is Tim Berners-Lee. And in 1999, he called it the semantic web, is what he called Web3. And it was basically a machine-to-machine internet. So it would include things like artificial intelligence, oh, all those yeah. creepy Orwellian predictions, things that... We, anyway, so when we talk about Web3, the idea of Metaverse and Web3 are very, are strongly connected. So I know that was a little bit of an aside, but when I read about Web3.0, I realized I had no idea what Web1 and 2.0 well, yeah, were. That's, so. that's true. It's good to know where we've been so that we can figure out where we're going, yes, you know, how far right. we've come. Because technology is not uh, something that's going to diminish as we get older. It's just going to get more insane. It's going to get more and more confusing for us old folk. You know, We'll have teenagers coming to us saying, why don't you just beam there? How do you? Oh, yeah, I didn't know you could beam there. Well, Jeez, we should have. Wow. We watched Star Trek well, back then. Yeah, I know. That's where I learned that in Star Trek, but I always thought it wasn't, you know, real. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> so, Metaverse is basically it's an expansive virtual world that's made up of something that's persistent. It's, a, you know, 3D worlds that are rendered in real time. So, even when you're not in it, it's still happening. So, an unlimited number of people can experience it simultaneously, and everybody experiences it in their own way. So, when we look at a metaverse, it really is a whole universe in and of itself. It's a set of virtual spaces. People can interact with uh, one another, even though they're not physically next to one another or with one another. They can have that interaction, be able to go for walks, listen to music, play video games. Yeah, but it, like capitalism itself, it would have its pros and cons, right? It would have good aspects of being in the metaverse, and then there would be negative aspects. I'm sure there's, you know, there's always uh, sharks circling waiting to take advantage of uh, people, businesses, whatever, in every single aspect of our lives, including the metaverse. Well, it's true. Well, I mean, if you look back to when social media first started, I don't think anybody could have predicted the amount of influence and impact on world events social media could have. That's a good point. And, you know, when we look at January 6th and and everything that transpired there and the power of, uh, you know, being able to message out to the masses through social media... That's not something that was predicted back when people had, you know, MySpace. Yeah, exactly. And like I mentioned earlier, like in many ways, those social media outlets are still like the wild, wild west, you know? Well, yes, they are. And I mean, they're struggling to get controls on what that should look like without hindering freedom of speech. And so when we look at moving into something like the metaverse and going into the next level, what will what will that entail and what controls need to be in place and who will police it? It's, uh... it's kind of scary, to be honest. I find it I find it it's not going to it's going to be uh, more negative than positive is what I am. It is predicting. scary. <laughs> I don't disagree. It's, it's predicting. What's scary is how bloody complicated it is because I wanted to make it simple and I'm going to, you know, give a 
I guess a metaverse for dummies version in this episode, but dive deep because there's so much to this. But decentralized metaverses actually incorporate blockchain technologies. So anybody who is familiar with cryptocurrency will understand a little bit about blockchain. Metaverse would also have NFTs um, Mm -hmm. and all of the underlying technology that allows people to purchase assets. So so they're literally people buying up blocks of real estate in the metaverse already. People are, you know, just yeah. laying down their uh, their framework and make sure that they have a good, you know, solid position in the metaverse. And yeah. they're using blockchain technology to do they're that. They're making it so realistic that I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, fast food chains like McDonald's have... Uh, restaurants in the metaverse that you can walk into as a avatar, order your food, and then your food will show up at your door. Like it'd just be like going to the restaurant. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's interesting. I thought you were gonna say, and then you would eat it, but you wouldn't be full because it would be virtual, virtual, virtual food. food. <laughs> well, that that too, honey. That that too. But you no, know, I just mean like you know, it'll it'll save uh these businesses a lot of money because they won't have to have the brick and mortar uh businesses any longer people will just go in to you know mcdonald's get their burgers or whatever or order their burgers and then it automatically just comes to their door that's a really trippy yeah way to put it yeah i mean and not just that but i just picture the person coming to your table and they're like these are the specials of the day and then you can ask questions back and forth and then it just arrives at your door there will be like businesses as well like you know clothing businesses where you can go in and actually try on clothes and then buy them and then they show up at your door that's kind of scary yeah the fact that you can try on the clothes instead of buying six sizes and then just sending back the ones now how now how could you like (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah how could you frame that in a negative way? Okay, someone's going to walk into a gun store and buy a gun and then have it delivered to their home. Okay, well, that's... Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, like, I'm just saying the, the negative aspects of the metaverse are there. Or drugs, Jeff. What yeah, if they yeah. go and they buy their or drugs? Drugs, yeah, or drugs. I know. <laughs> what if they needed... What if they had to get drugs that they actually needed, though, you know? There you go. Well, you know, one of the benefits that they talk about with the metaverse is the idea of education and... Uh, you know, when we think about somebody reading about dissecting something or performing surgery, it's much different than somebody who's actually going through the process. So yeah. the idea of the educational benefits of being in the, uh, you know, that 3D virtual world and being able to learn from others, uh, it really does have very interesting prospects yeah. in terms of moving humanity forward and our I overall knowledge agree. base. Unfortunately, though, I just feel, and I'm a pessimist, I guess, when it comes to the metaverse, but I just feel like it's going to be debauchery, mostly. You know what I mean? I just well, think wasn't that people, the internet that way initially? Do you remember really the, was, er, the yeah. early chat rooms? And yeah. It was, it was just, yeah, it was not good. I remember my mother and I going on AOL and, yeah. and checking out some chat rooms, and it didn't take long for the, it doesn't the, take long. the creeps to, to pop into the and chat rooms. The metaverse is going to be no different. In my opinion. Okay, well, hopefully it'll evolve to something more... I am Orwellian's ghost. <laughs> joking. Something more positive. So when you think about a mul- you know, multiplayer games, uh, World of Warcraft, uh, Fortnite, it, really those are similar to Metaverse. You know, you're, you are collecting items and, and all of that, but the idea of this blockchain technology allows you to purchase and own yeah. actually own the things. If you don't know what blockchain technology is, 
Well, join Jeff and I because oh, we also are not. Definitely done. join me. It's I, a hard concept to get your head around, but it, it really is a distributed database. So if you think about like a ledger that you would use to track financials, but it's shared amongst nodes of a computer network. So it's not just one location and it stores information electronically in a digital format. And it's one of the main reasons or the basis behind uh, cryptocurrency systems like Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So it keeps uh, basically a secure, decentralized record of transactions, and it just guarantees security of data and generates trust without the need of a trusted third party like a bank right. or even a you know a government. So what it does is it blockchain collects information together in groups known as blocks, and it holds that set of information. Then once that is filled, it basically gets linked to another block and fills that and it creates a chain of information made up of those individual data blocks. Fascinating. It's sort of like a shared database, but it it's different than a typical database because it stores data in blocks that are linked together via cryptography. So how cryptic is that? And uh, wow. you know, different types of information can be shared with it. So the common use has been as a ledger for transactions. We think about finances. The reason it's so secure is there's no single person or group that has control. It's basically all users collectively have control over this information. I just don't really trust it for some reason. I don't really truthfully understand it either. So I'm a very, I'm a layman big time, but. It's one of those things that, you know, we can make use of and it's same with the metaverse and not maybe truly fully understand. I use my cell phone and the data. Mm. I don't really fully understand how that's all working. No. I don't know the I know the basics. There's some funky dunky waves going through the air, gathering yeah. information in outer space. Yeah, I barely know <laughs> I barely know how a radio works. I know, but it's I, uh, true. It's like but you know, I, no, short but I mean wave. when you think about the things that we do use, um and we really don't know the details behind it. We just make <laughs> use of it. I think that that'll happen for a lot of us with the metaverse. Even, I mean, it blows my mind when you think about things like social media and how information is being shared. It blows what my mind when workings? I think of things like the microwave. So when I talk about blockchain, I think the, the key takeaway is just that that idea of technology is how the metaverse will really be separated and how you will be able to, to buy and sell things and why it'll become its own... Uh, its own place in and of itself. I think that the metaverse... place to gather wealth. Yes, will eventually have its own form of stock market where people can invest in different companies that are in the metaverse. Right. Which is insane. Good. Well, and there'll be things like non-fungible tokens, which yes. I think a lot of us have become familiar with when we talk about uh, artwork and things that have been created with non-fungible tokens. So those are, again, cryptic assets that are uh, using blockchain. And it's a unique identification codes, metadata that distinguish them from each other. So unlike cryptocurrencies, though, like when we think about Bitcoin, NFTs can't be traded or exchanged. And uh, that's different than fungible tokens. That's right. It's an absolute ownership. Exactly. you make one copy of it. It cannot Someone be replicated. Someone buys that one copy and it cannot be shared. Well, I mean, it can be shared. Anything can be shared, but they, only one owner. 
That's right. It's it represents a, it can represent a real world item. Like I talked about artwork or real estate. So when we mm-hmm. talk about buying real estate in the metaverse, but uh, and they call that tokenizing real world tangible assets, making them so that you can buy, sell, trade them, and it reduces the probability of fraud. So it's very interesting how all of this works and how it will work in the metaverse. Yeah. Then we and we look at virtual reality. So. You know, we think about things like Oculus and, and then augmented reality, where immediately what comes to my mind is Pokemon Go, where yeah. you are looking at the real world, but something else has been superimposed upon it. That's it, trippy, too. I still haven't even really experienced that. You know, like I know we didn't even do the whole Pokemon Go phenomenon. No. And I think it's still on the go. Is that still on the go? I the think Pokemon Hux Go. I love it too. Yeah, it is. It's still on the go. It's <laughs> we'll still going. To, we'll have to check it out. One interesting little tidbit I came across around metaverse was where the word actually came from, and it was coined by author Neil Stevenson in a 1992 sci-fi novel. Snow Crash. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I always find it interesting as when I think about writers who've coined a term, you know, during a creative session they've had, and then all of a sudden, decades later, that term is used and comes to reality and how how weird that must be. If- it would be good to read that book and see what, the, what the, he thought the concept of metaverse was. Well, he mentions a digital universe, the metaverse, that exists parallel to our own. So I, you know, it's, it's quite similar realistic. to how we're using the term today. Experts are still not sure what the metaverse will turn into, um, whether it'll be something similar in real life. So it can include virtual reality, and virtual reality is defined as that idea of persistent virtual worlds. Like I mentioned, uh, you know, we talk about World of Warcraft, Fortnite. They continue ex- to exist even when you're not playing. But uh, augmented reality being that, you know, digital and physical worlds together. But then metaverse will be the next level. And, mm-hmm. and experts are still divided about whether or not you'll actually need a virtual reality headset, like you mentioned Oculus, or whether you'll be able to just maybe even use your smartphone to interact more passively with the metaverse. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Or who knows how far technology is going to develop. You may be able to just like hone in on a certain part of your eye muscle and then you're in the metaverse, you know? Oh, yeah. You just never know. Well, think about how foreign retina scans mm. seem to be. And then all of a sudden we have this, you know, facial recognition technology and we're using that to open our iPhones. And it's it's interesting. I can remember when I had the original Nintendo and you could shoot the ducks with the gun and stuff. Remember that? Duck Hunt, I think it was called. Oh, okay. Wasn't it? Duck Hunt? Yes. With a dog that popped up. And anyways, like that was amazing that you didn't have to have, like you could just point it to the TV and now look where we're at. I mean, honestly. That's right. I forgot how mind-blowing Duck Hunt was. Yeah. I mean, are you, <laughs> was, are you, are you like No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I think it was... Do you remember when you had like the glove that you could put on? And yeah, the Nintendo glove. The, I remember the Nintendo that. Glove. I never had it, but... But I mean, essentially, that was like a remote control, really. Mm. I mean, remote controls act the same way. I but mean, I, I just recently... Well, I shouldn't say recently. It was a few years ago. But I'm embarrassed at how recently it was that I realized you didn't have to point your remote control directly at the television to get it to work. <laughs> that was last week, honey. <laughs> <laughs> now, some of them I think you I'm still do. But I think a lot of them have ah, got the tech. You know, I don't know why in the world I felt like you still needed to do that some... when you can press a button on your phone and make something happen. Do you want to know why you and... thought that? It's because some remotes are like that. 
they have that infrared and if you don't line up the infrared on the remote with the infrared that's on the actual receiver you don't get a connection now you're giving away how old our technology is in that's our right. house <laughs> remember the scrambled channels <laughs> so we, oh the scrambled channels the yeah. old blue nuit days yeah. the um if you're not listening to this from Canada, you probably won't know what we mean from uh, when we say Bleu Nuit. If you are Canadian, uh, or at least from Atlantic Canada, you'll definitely will, and you'll smirk because you'll know exactly what it is. Let's just say it was scrambled, uh, not for young viewers' uh, content on the uh, right general cable network. Right. <laughs> so at this point, discussions around metaverse actually are starting to stall a bit. And uh, people are still working away at it, but it is a fuzzy idea and it still is going to take a little while to get there. But like I said, big businesses are investing in it and they, they see it coming. So it's actually estimated that a large portion of people will be in the metaverse in some way by 2030. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'll just give a little, another little snippet of my experience in the metaverse. There's this, uh, there's this one app where it's just like a travel app, basically. So what you can do is you can say you can plug in where you want to go, say Cuba or whatever, and and that I actually did Cuba, and it and you say where in Cuba, and it plops you down because it uses Google Maps to like create like the actual world. What? Yeah, and you. It gives you a first-person perspective of you just walking around the streets, and there's actual, like, real people walking by, and there's cars going by, and everything, and, and you're immersed. Are they act like? Do they look like real people, or do they, they are look real like people. weird it was avatar filmed, kind of people? I do believe it was filmed like with, like, you know, with, with like a Google, real camera, with Google. and then they just plop you in it, and then you can just like interact. You can't interact with the people, but you can like. You know, walk around, look, you can look up and down. I never really thought about the idea of travel. Yeah. And there's other ones where it's sci-fi-ish, where you can, like, create your your own apartment with, like, you know, the crazy, like, skyline, like, like a futuristic skyline with a big window and stuff, and it's your apartment. You just live there. It's very bizarre. Well, I know people are buying up, like, virtual castles and mansions and... You know, with the idea that they'll increase yeah. in worth, you know, that, that they're getting in on the ground floor, so to well, speak. And people are getting in the ground floor with advertising too, right? If you're going to be, you know, in a particular place and it's sur- surrounded with people wearing Nike sneakers, you're going to, you know, that's a big ad. And people are getting in on that as well. When you talk about travel, it makes me think about the idea of how satisfying or not satisfying that would be to travel in a metaverse mm. style way because you would lose the things that I think are key to trip. For me, yeah. it's the sights uh, are a big part, and, but the sounds yeah. and the smells. I think that's coming though. I think that's coming. I think you will get that You just olfactory. did a little sniff, didn't you? That you're old like, fact- you get that little, yeah, you get that old you'll factory. be able to, you know, when you're by the mm-hmm. ocean, you can get a little whiff of the salt air. How are they going to do that now? I think they're going to do it because we're going to screw up our own universe so badly that we're going to need a, a virtual one to live in. Oh God. Now that's Orwellian. That's true. So I'm going to finish this off uh, on a, on a brighter note with our random tip. It's actually not a brighter note at all. I have all, a little random it, tip too. Oh, really? It's very, very quick and simple. Okay, well, you go first. But, okay, well, yeah, I'll go and then you go. Uh, 
Exactly. When you're, when you're, yeah, that's how, <laughs> that's how taking turns works. Um, so when you're, when you're ready to clean anywhere, uh, it took me a while to realize this, but declutter the whole thing first. Take like 10 <laughs> minutes and then just like put everything either all in one spot or where it needs to go. Whatever. Like take the stuff off the counter before you wipe off the counter. That's right. Make sure you do all that and then your cleaning will go that much better. I love it. What a thorough cleaning job that would be if we yeah. move the things before we admit, clean the things. I've gotten better at cleaning since I learned to declutter before I clean. <laughs> And I just go around all the things with dust on them, just around it. So when you pick it up, there's this big circle of dust. Don't vacuum. You know, if yeah. there's a chair there, just vacuum around yeah. the chair. That's my quick tip. It's a great one. Thanks. Mine is uh, also a great one. If you are ever in a situation where you think, so say for instance, you're in a car accident and you're trapped in your vehicle and you think that you're going to lose uh, your battery, that you think your battery on, not your car, but your phone battery is going to go before you're able to, to get help. Okay. Or maybe you're just in a spot where... Following um, you? Yeah. Where you have a bad connection? Yes. If you're able to leave a vo- change your voicemail, do that. Change your voicemail with details of where you're at and, uh, you know, basically to give directions on how you can be found and helped because even after your phone has died, when people call, they can often still get your voicemail message and that will have all the information they need to find and save you. That tip is way better than mine. It's a pretty great tip. That's a good one. So I use car accident, but it could be a lot of different things. But in a scenario where you think you're going, your phone's going to die, change your voicemail recording to give all the information you need for somebody to help you. And if you're in a car accident and you get bored, and you want to straighten up, then declutter first and then clean up the car. Take all those bobbly heads off the dash before you break out the armor all. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out past episodes and subscribe to keep up with what's new. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And why not leave a review? You can also follow InfoQuench on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Till Til next time. time.